0: That's N-O-O-M dot to sign up today.
1: You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome
2: back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 104. Today we have a fun show looking at... Uh, some combination of underlying statistics and inspired by a pretty classic game already that you threw me onto, Steve, Immaculate Grid. If you guys aren't on immaculategrid.com every morning, twisting your brain around to do some baseball trivia, you got to get going. But it inspired the topic for the show today where we basically have paired up some different underlying stats to find some hitters that might be underperforming, some potential buy lows, possibly some ads off the waiver wire. It's going to be a lot of fun talking a lot of names, a lot of numbers, but this is it, man. We get in the weeds and it's the perfect time of year for it because you're looking for anything to get an edge and get some analysis that's a little bit under the radar. So, uh, Steve... Good to be back with you. It's good to be alive after my coyote encounter. We won't get into that, but I just had a somewhat near-death experience, and yeah, I couldn't be happier to be breathing and talking about uh, fantasy baseball,
1: so how are you over there, Steve? Yeah, good. I don't know if you could tease a coyote near-death experience without giving at least like the TLDR. Yeah. Uh, to bring back that segment for a second. so you might have to you might have to do that.
2: TLDR, uh, f- friend of the podcast, Leroy, uh, my dog over here. I know we've talked about our dogs in the past. Yeah, he, he, was, uh, he was off a leash in the woods as he always is with us, usually uh, call on command, all that good stuff. Never see much wildlife, the occasional deer. Today he spotted the coyote and uh, forgot everything he knew about voice training and sprinted after this coyote. While uh, my wife and, and, to a lesser extent, myself, freaked out, yelling at Leroy to come back, he chased the coyote off. The coyote, presumably going back to its puppies, turned around, started howling and barking at Leroy, We started running away, which apparently is not what you're supposed to do. For all you listeners out there, you're supposed to back away, uh, but not show your back to the coyote. Coyote chased us and howl barked at us for about a quarter of a mile, and we sprinted a good mile back to civilization through the woods and lived to tell the tale. So yeah, my heart rate was
1: through the roof. And um, like I said, Steve, just happy to be with you here today. Nothing like uh, talking baseball to calm the nerves down uh, <laughs> after a near-death experience with the with the coyotes. Yeah, we'll be so, on the leash from glad, now. Glad on. you're glad you're here. Glad you're here. You know, I, I know we're coming out on a Friday. We've had some scheduling difficulties this week, and glad uh, glad you're able to. Not add to what has been an interesting week for us off air already. Yes, and hopefully everything's okay on the the family health over there as well, Steve. All all, all
2: good there, too. So now that the housekeeping is is out of the way, and and thank you, listeners, for staying tuned with us there. Uh, Steve, let's let's get a little high level here because, first of all, we got to talk about Immaculate Grid Mm -hmm. because I literally wake up before coffee or anything – Every morning for the past 10 days since you put me onto this, I just wake up, grab my phone, and type immaculategrid.com. I hit my first 9 out of 9 the other day, which is a big moment for me. But explain this, this trivia game to the listeners uh, because it is extremely addicting, and I love it, and it's the inspiration for our show topic today.
1: I got to first, while while, um, while I look this up, um, I got to see who first posted it in the picture list of Discord. Player to be named later. Um, That's who who first posted it. uh, The user in the pitcherless Discord. So shout out to him. Um, He posted it uh, like exactly a week ago. So it's been in our lives and you know the talk of. uh, It's got its own thread in our Discord. Uh, It has our uh, you know own thread with uh, on text. My buddies. I know you were saying that in your home league too. Um, And essentially, what this game is, it's like a. It's kind of like a mix between a matching game and then like Wordle where like, you know, you can only do one a day. Um, and there's nine squares. So three rows by three columns and each row and each column has two separate labels. And you have to match up uh, given the criteria, like it'll be two teams or a stat in a team. So like, you know, for example, um, Cardinals, Cardinals, a, a Cardinals, and Yankees, Yankees. And it's Lance. And you could guess Carlos, but yeah. Or Carlos Beltran. Yep. Yeah, Exactly. So that's it. We're like 3,000 hits and 500 homers, and it's like Barry Bonds, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, and you have nine guesses. That's why it's called Immaculate Grid. If you get one wrong, you're not going to get an immaculate that day. Um, there's nine squares, nine guesses, so you do have to go nine for nine. Um, and it's basically anyone that's a baseball fan, it's, it's sort of taken over their lives. Yeah, it's like the first thing I do every morning or if I'm up late at night at midnight uh i'll go over there although it's it's kind of annoying to you know you you don't wake up and and have the thrill of having a new immaculate grid if you do it at night uh i've only done that a few times but yeah
2: that's 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 opening christmas
1: presents on christmas eve
2: you know Mm -hmm. you're you're stealing the the excitement so yeah you guys got got to check that out and start the thread with your home league it it really is extremely fun and a great way to start the day now shifting to the episode today, which it was a great call by you, Steve. We basically said, what if we paired, uh, just kept the spirit of that and paired some uh, specific stats. For instance, a you know exit velocity over 94 miles per hour and a strikeout rate under 22%. Uh, so that that was kind of the origin, but we've evolved it. We added more than two metrics in certain instances, but we're basically doing this to Try to find guys who are either underperforming or potentially might have some bounce backs. I know that, you know, we're already seeing that the tale of multiple seasons for whether it's pitchers, there's people like uh, Reed Detmers comes to mind. You know, we talked about John Gray on recent episodes, but then on hitters, you know, we've seen Gunnar Henderson surging. And it's like, you know, we're at the point of the season where you kind of get reminded that as hard as it is, you have to view April and to some extent May as exactly what they are, which is just 40% of the the season. So uh, we've got some names today that are, you know, lesser rostered. We have some that are almost universally rostered, but might be trade targets. But I, I really love the topics today, Steve. It's going to be a little bit different. I don't think we can get into each name with as much depth as we usually do, uh, but we can go through the stats and, and probably cherry pick our favorite ones and, and yeah, anything else to add in terms of just this process of of looking at this? I mean, I know there's expected stats and there's the savant sliders or, like, going to the pitcherless player page, which is great, but that stuff is kind of at a glance. It's a little bit less of, you know, putting the puzzle together, if you will.
1: Yeah, um, I guess we, we've, we've done sort of stuff like this and around custom leaderboards and, like, match-up things, but I think it was uh, inspired by, you know, Immaculate matching, or something we can call it like like that, uh, um, to to give us this this cool show topic, and it was fun. So essentially, I guess I, I do like to explain sort of what we do on the background. Um, I took like the the StackCast um, Barrel slash EV leaderboard, um, exported that to an, to like a Google Sheet, um, and then ran another custom leaderboard with like other metrics because the Stack the EV leaderboard is kind of uh, limited, and what's what's on there? It's like just EV stuff. Um, and then did V lookups based on the player ID, and added the things that we wanted to look at as well to be able to do this matching game, like ground ball percentage, fly ball percentage, K percentage, chase percentage, pull rate, um, things that we were just interested that would be interesting combos. So that's how the sort of the sausage was made for the data for this. I know. Uh, Sometimes it's not uh, as intuitive to see how we got there, but that's exactly what we did. If you want to build a, a spreadsheet like that, um, it's 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 relatively easy to do. I know Savant; is sometimes not the most intuitive, but there's that, and you know I think that this this could be sort of eye-opening. Like if there's a lot of good processes, or guys one tweak away, it's it's a way to 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 highlight guys that you might not necessarily be paying attention to, especially. Um, You know, now that we're at June 15th, as we're recording this, um, there could be a lot of fatigue with guys and guys could be doing well. And just because their stat lines don't look good over two and a half months, um, they're easy to be glossed over. Yeah.
2: Great background. And uh, yeah, for I guess to to jump in on it. The first one that we're talking through is looking at on on one side, the barrel rate has to be less than 10 percent. So 10% barrel rate and up, you're generally looking at that and saying that's a good barrel rate. Uh, These are guys who are under that. However, we're looking at guys who also have a fly ball and line drive exit velocity over 95 miles per hour. And there's been research in the past about how fly ball, line drive, exit velocity is one of the best predictors or indicators of uh, basically what could be a, a barrel. So it's kind of looking for a barrel rate before it happens. Uh, And typically that's, you know, just a small thing. It could be a launch angle tweak away, or maybe if they add a little bit of, uh, you know, pop with the the hard hit rate that they could get there. Uh, But overall, yeah. Anything to add on the criteria for this first one, Steve, before we jump into the names here?
1: No, this is like, I think the most intuitive one. It's like, all right, this guy just needs to start putting the ball a little bit more in the air. Um, because they hit when they do hit put the ball in the air it's hit hard. Uh, it just might not be um, the
2: launch angle yeah. Cons-
1: yeah consistent enough that they're truly barreling up the ball so um, yeah I, I think there's some some good names here and guys that should produce better or if they do start putting the ball in the air more and you see their launch angle increase uh, a lot more power could come
2: yeah and, and without further ado to kind of get into the names here there's a lot that we can we can talk through the 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 batch here is austin riley andrew vaughn zach Neto with the asterisk that he just went on the il for an oblique strain but apparently he's feeling better already so that could be a, a short stint there uh lars newt brett Beatty, jordan walker and michael garcia so, Steve, looking at the, the first three names there, Austin Riley, Andrew Vaughn, and Zach neto you know, is there anyone in particular that you want to jump in on? Because I think Austin Riley, to, to summarize, it's been okay. I roster him in my home league. Uh, it's, it's gotten a little bit better lately. His OPS on the season is 768, which is, of course, under what you were hoping for. But in the past month, The OPS is 814. It's starting to get a little better with four homers in the past month. Uh, He has 11 on the season, so it's all right, but it's not what you're hoping for. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, on the other hand, the past month he's uh, warming up as well, a little bit more on the OPS with an 830. Uh, Both of them, the batting averages looked good lately. Uh, but Vaughn just has eight homers on the season. And then Zach Neto. we weren't really signing up for that much power. At least I wasn't when I saw the call-up. Uh, but in the past month, he's hitting two eighty-two with an eight eighty seven OPS, three homers. So it was looking really good prior to this little IL stint. Of the three there, is there, is there one that really jumps out? Or how do you look at this group of Riley, Vaughn, and Netto?
1: Um, I'm really interested in Austin Riley as a buy low. I think that he's doing everything right except, you know, you go to the slider, the savant page, you see like the barrel rate is down a little bit, and that's because he's just not hitting as many fly balls as he as he should be. Um, I, I think that that will come, and there will be a toward Austin Riley-like month um, that will make his line look similar to what it did last year. I think that just came early in the season last year. Um, um and and sort of just carried, not that he had any months like this um, last year, and then you know like this, it's it's not that bad, like you said. Um, but I, I think that you know he is a tweak away, and like we see what his teammate Michael Harris is doing over the last week. Like it's only a matter of time that Riley's going to get back to what he what he's doing. It's the, you know the the plate skills are all in line with with what he's been. Um, I think a little more strikeouts this year, um, but nothing like egregious or anything like that that shows the gains that he made to become this, you know, primetime second-round fantasy player um, isn't there anymore. I think it's just been a, a rough two months for him by his standards. Um, yep. Vaughn, I, 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 it, it's it's tough because he's sort of seems like he's been on this list forever and just like just hit the ball in the air a little more dude like you do everything else right you hit it so hard you hit it hard in the air when you do um and eventually it'll come but i'm more tempted to see or tempted to wait and see but maybe it is you know four homers in the last month with the 830 ops um zach Neto, i'm really interested in i'm actually pretty bummed about this il stint i i added him last week he had a two homer game that last sunday uh, homered again i think on Tuesday night um I, I think also on Monday night too so there was like four home runs and four days for him something like that um and yeah it's a bit surprising because he was drafted just last year 2022 he was drafted which is crazy um so you know there wasn't really much of a minor league power that we could look into like he performed really well but you know he won the golden spikes award for the best player in, in um, or he was on the watch list for uh, the best, best uh, college player the year before. He had 15 home runs in 53 games, which is a lot in college. And, you know, you look at him, you don't see this power hitter, but he, he's, you know, smaller in nature, but he has this amazing leg kick. Like, the guy is able to hit for power. like, And I think he's sort of just tapping into it, so it kind of stinks that he just yeah. started breaking down on the IL. The oblique yeah, it it can two. be
2: kind of a, a little bit of a power injury i didn't have the il
1: for him but like he is going to 100 be on my watch list like when he gets back I'm i'm hoping no one else scoops him up and is able to stash him
2: yeah watch that one closely on the updates because so far it does sound promising but oblique can be a little bit risky on, on power output uh yeah vaughn is interesting because the hard hit rate is actually a little bit higher than riley and he strikes out less uh he walks it about the same clip but uh, agreed that riley you know it, it it looks a lot like what he did last year and it's actually a career high on max ev which mm-hmm. is a great power indicator the launch angle is pretty similar to last year under the hood what it looks like from from riley is that he's just not doing damage on on fastballs like he did last year was, his slug last year was a 497 against fastballs this year it's a 375 but the x slug there is a 432 so it's still not quite where you would want it to be, but it at least shows that, you know, we've talked about it with guys in the past. I think it was our J.D. Martinez thing of, like, I don't think he just stopped or he forgot how to hit fastballs. Uh, He's actually, uh, you know, he doesn't really swing and miss against them very often. So I I just think that, yeah, Riley seems like a really good buy low, and the window's probably closing because he's warming up. Uh, But, yeah, with both of those guys, Vaughn and Riley, even – Prior to their power prime, at just 25 years old for, or for Vaughn, 26 years old for Riley. Uh, I think they're both really solid by lows, but I think Riley should find his way back into the 30s for home run production this year. Uh, and yeah, here for it. I mean, his batting average on the season's up to 265, which is fine and could look even better. So. That's the first set of names here, and for what it's worth, Vaughn has a barrel rate closer to nine percent, so he's just under the threshold. But Mm -hmm. Riley's is like a six percent, so that is something that I feel like the average fantasy manager's aware of barrel rates and they're checking that. So they might be a little bit, uh, you know, open to selling on Riley because you know they don't have he doesn't have that incredible barrel rate. So. Uh, moving to the next batch, which is kind of a rostered at a, a lower rate, with the exception of Neto, uh, Lars Newbar, who has had trouble staying on the field. with the, He's had the back injury recently, um, but on the season, he is hitting 266, a 770 OPS. Um, Brett Beatty is the next one. Beatty's really been struggling. I know we've all kind of loved the profile, and we wish the Mets would kind of get out of their own way and just give him full run, uh, but... You know, the production hasn't really been there. A 229 average on the season, 658 OPS. And in the past month, it's looked even worse at just a 218 batting average. Of course, sitting a, a bit against lefties. Jordan Walker feels like the one that got away from me this season because I traded him for Devin Williams when he got sent down. Uh, since he's been back up, it's looked really nice. The past two weeks, Jordan Walker is hitting 326 on the batting average, a 908 OPS with two homers. Uh, but, you know, part of it was his ground ball issues before he got sent down and that's probably why he qualifies for this low barrel rate but high ev and then michael garcia is uh kind of a the sleeper name on this list uh hitting 264 on the year a 700 ops and in the past month he's hitting 303 with an 813 ops just one homer on the season though so looking at this bunch steve newt bar Beatty, walker garcia
1: uh who do you want to highlight here um I, I like a lot what, what Walker's doing. Um I think he's still hitting the ball on the ground a bit and, and it's sort of more soft analysis, but you know, you heard things that different people are, are are telling him different things within that organization and mm-hmm. not to rub salt in your wound but the Cardinals are a bit of a dumpster fire right now and I think a bit is being um uh, yeah, nice, honestly. Yep. Um And they don't really know what direction they want to go, like, whether, like, they're, like, trying, like, they said, fix your launch angle, don't fix your launch angle, like, just hit it hard, or, you know, try and get more loft, and it it just seems like they don't know what they want to do as an organization as a whole. Um, But, like, even before he was sent down, it wasn't like he was doing that bad. Um, So, you know, he has enough talent, though, to, I think, overcome that, so... If anyone hasn't been paying attention, or is still selling low, or if he's sitting on a wire in a shower team, I would, in a shower league, I would definitely add him. Beatty, I'm interested because I think the Mets' season is going to go one of two ways. They're going to either, you know, turn it around, which I think is less likely, or look to next year and then just start to play the kids and Beatty. Will then get more at bats versus lefties. Um, he's another guy that hits a bit too many ground balls and, you know, does everything else right. Um, but, you know, it, it's sort of a, a similar profile to Walker that I think he's a good enough hitter that he could have a line similar to Walker's relatively soon. Um, Mikel Garcia, I honestly don't know much about, but I think that as we get into the show, it, it'll be interesting because when guys start to pop up on two of these lists or they're on, you know, there are multiple answers for the, for the immaculate grid game that we're playing, then you become really interested. So um, I, I think it's intriguing. I, I know Garcia was, he's a decent prospect, and I think maybe that just because it's the Royals, there might not be as much hype around him. But he's doing some some interesting things there and hitting the ball hard and um, hitting it in the, in the air hard.
2: Yeah, and Garcia, you know, earlier this season was batting in kind of the bottom third of that order, but they've mixed him in at like five and even lead off. He, he uh, was batting like a week ago and with Vinny P out for the rest of the year, maybe they'll move him up there because, you know, obviously with the Royals, you want any help you can get on the counting stats side of it. Uh, but yeah, he's a guy that has not been on my radar as well. I think he's uh third base and shortstop eligible um, and just a quick, a quick peek in the minors uh, this season. Yeah, just a 242 average, which isn't intriguing. But last year in AAA, uh, 274 average. And yeah, the OPS was uh, like above 800, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. He had seven homers in 40 games. So doing the, you know, unfair pro rating there, that's like a, what, 28 homer pace. So. You know, he's got speed, I think, is the main part is, is that this kind of has like a 2020 profile uh, if everything works right. But yeah, he's had, you know, in, in 2022, he had 39 steals across double A AA and triple A. Um, so that's enough speed that even in the minors, I think you can translate that to, you know, having 10 to 20 type of range for Garcia's sprint speed uh is at like a 50, 50 uh, grade speed there on his prospect report so yeah one to watch but I think Walker for me is the most interesting one amidst the dumpster fire of the Cardinals he's on like an 8 game hitting streak and I think like 5 of those have been multi hit games Uh if the Cardinals are sellers or if they just who knows fire Marmol maybe Walker moves up from batting 7th in, in the order there so I think that's a good one so that rounds out the, the list again for barrel rate sub 10 and a fly ball line drive uh, exit velocity above 95 list was Austin Riley, Andrew Vaughn, Zach Neto, Lars Newt Brett Beatty, Jordan Walker, and Michael Garcia were the ones that we were kind of highlighting there. Uh, we will get to our second metric here, which digs a little bit deeper, but we are going to take our first ad break. and We'll be right back.
0: Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss.
2: All right, so Steve, talk me through the uh, filters for this next one. I feel like you were going into mad scientist mode over there, but uh, I'm here for it with these variables.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm getting a little crazy here, but I essentially wanted to look at guys who are doing everything really well as a hitter, um, at least that we like or, or talk about a lot, like, and that you wouldn't necessarily think um, are, or, or their their stat lines wouldn't indicate so. Um, I filtered on a barrel rate greater than 10%, um, fly ball, line drive exit velocity greater than 95%. Um, so that same one that we just used a chase percent less than 25%. So they're not chasing bad pitches and a pull rate of greater than 40%. So they're hitting the ball hard. They're hitting the ball hard in the air. Um, and they're pulling the ball, which is where you're going to find the most home runs. Um, and this list was like a who's who of hitter, like everyone who was good, is on it, you know, I mean, some guys like, you know, like judge or just cause they, they swing a little bit outside the zone or, or are cut off. But, um, you know, all the really good hitters were at the top of the list, which is, you know, when you, you, you do that and you have a good filter. Um, and I just look for names that weren't necessarily performing like you would think that they, they, they would be. So, um, that's where I came up with this. And, and I think that the, their process is going to lead to some, better results than, than they've had so far okay well,
2: well we'll rattle them off here and then we'll break it up in into uh sections like we did on the last go around mm-hmm. but get your pencils out because the list here of the underperformers or ones that we've got our eye on dansby swanson uh who again has been okay six homers four steals but just hitting 265 at 756 ops off the big year last year uh next one spencer torkelson it's a name that's been you know kind of on a lot of sleeper hitter type of of shows and articles it seems like he's doing a lot of stuff right but the production has not followed just a 235 average a 706 ops seven homers eugenio suarez it has not been pretty a, a little bit of pop with the seven homers just a 216 batting average and it's looked even worse recently Max Muncy, you know, for all the homers, he's got 18 so far on a great pace there, well below the Mendoza line, batting 191 on the season, and in the past month, just 155. Trent Grisham, uh, just kind of the master of mediocrity, it seems like, and the, the average has really been the Bane with a 192 uh, average and a 663 OPS. A little bit of power speed there for Grisham. Tristan Casas, one that we're all kind of rooting for. It feels like the, uh, I don't know, the the new age. Now I'm blanking on the name. Who is the Ranger who's on the Yankees now? Who's hitting like third in the order? Help me out here, Steve. Um, Willie Calhoun.
1: Willie Calhoun. Uh, Calhoun.
2: Tristan Casas reminds me of the new age Willie Calhoun. Well,
1: I hope he has better results down the line than Willie I that. hear
2: you, but it just seems there like there everyone keeps looking at him and they're like, oh, if he yeah. gets it right with the play discipline, the walks, all that. Uh, but it's it's been rough for Casas, just a 202 average, a 691 OPS. Ryan Noda is a brighter story here because he has been at the forefront of this incredible Oakland A's run. Uh, <laughs> and in the past month, batting 287 with an eight ninety four OPS for Noda, uh, and then rounding out with another Ryan, Ryan O'Hearn, who's kind of been the beneficiary of the Ryan Mountcastle illness. He's been hitting clean up the past three games. Uh, he's kind of on fire, and I know he's a platoon guy, but he's batting 315 on the season with a 966 OPS. Small sample size, uh, but he's looked even better than that lately. So that's Ryan O'Hearn, and that rounds out our list. To jump back up to kind of the higher rostered guys here, Steve, Dansby Swanson, Spencer Torkelson, Eugenio Suarez, and Max Muncie. Of that four pack, uh, what's kind of jumping out at you when you look at this this filter list?
1: Um, I think that Torkelson and Suarez are good ads, or, or you know Suarez may still be rostered, but I don't know if Torkelson is. Um, even Suarez I guess too um, maybe even less so Yeah, Swar- um,
2: yeah Suarez is 55 percent for Suarez in,
1: in, in shower leagues too like they're doing everything right it seems like uh, I, I think Suarez I think there was a stat last night he was like the first guy um, in like 100 years to have outs 3 outs of 380 feet or more or something like that when he got that grand sl- slam robbed uh, I think on Tuesday night um, so uh, You know, I, I think there was a time earlier in the year where Suarez wasn't pulling the ball as much, but now he's pulling it 40% of the time, and, like, that's what Suarez does. He, like, hits pulled five balls, doesn't hit for a great average, but hits a lot of home runs. Um, home runs just haven't come yet. I think they will. The process seems to be getting there. Torkelson, he's, like—I feel like we've talked about him on every single episode, but he's doing things right. Like, he's hitting the ball hard. He's not chasing— Um, he's barreling up the ball. He's getting the ball hard in the air. He's pulling the ball. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I know that Detroit's a a brutal center park, but it shouldn't be this, this bad, um, for him. And it's, it's been better the last month, you know, four home runs and 802 OPS. But with what he's doing, he deserves even more than that. So, uh, I like it. Muncie, you know, it's tough because he has that hamstring injury now, um, he started off super slow, got on an amazing heater where I feel like he hit like twelve of those sixteen home runs in like a two week stretch. Um, you know that's probably a little uh, facetious there, but um, th- there's probably another run like that in there for Muncy, is, is what this is telling me. He's mm-hmm. still doing the process right. It's not. He's also like striking out like twenty seven percent of the time, so nothing crazy um, there, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is good. Um, same with Suarez, too. It's not like a, a, a too, too elevated risk of a K rate. So um, I like both those guys for a cheap source of power and potential ads or, or trade targets. Yeah, I think
2: Muncie, I mean, it's easy to say when you look at 18 homers next to seven for Suarez, but the batting average is even lower for Muncie. So I, I think there's even more of a window. I like the ceiling for Muncie more. The Dodgers, Mm -hmm. I know their lineup hasn't been what it's been in the past, but you know it's it's still a good offensive environment. Like you said, the the K rate while it's high, it's palatable at twenty eight percent. He walks a ton for like points league, but what I Mm -hmm. wanted to note on Muncie is his BABIP on the season is one eighty, so just like there there just has to be regression here, Um, and you know when that does break right, he's already at eighteen homers, so like we could be talking about kind of vintage Muncie where it's going to end up looking like 35 homers on the year. Um, Yeah, Torkelson, just 13% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. I think he's a really good speculative ad, uh, especially since they've got him batting like in the prime spot in the lineup there. He should get volume. Uh, Everyone's always like the tools. I remember originally, what was it, after his cup of coffee, I think it was Fangraphs had Torkelson's projections originally from like I think it was streamer. It was 28 homers and like 100 plus RBIs. And it was like this, you know, it looked like an all-star. And the reason is because of the tools and all the production he had in the minors. So I just think it's we've, we've said it enough recently on prospects where it's like, this is why you can't give up on him too early. And it seems like for him doing so much right beneath the surface, it, it's worth a shot, at least in, in leagues that deep uh swanson is the only one because uh, i don't know if you saw steve i ran that separate list that looked at kind of the the negative side of this and it looked at Mm -hmm. guys who had a a barrel rate over 13 percent, but had a blast rate under six percent um and dansby swanson was was right in that list um for those who don't know that blast rate on alex chamberlain's pitch leaderboard we've done a, a show on it in the past but it basically cherry picks the best of barrels where it's mm-hmm. the highest of the exit velocity and the kind of the prime launch angle window that you want to be in. And it kind of removes the quote unquote weak barrels. So Swanson for as good as kind of his barrel rate looks, when you kind of look at the the raw power he has for him to be showing up on that list in a negative way, kind of makes me a little bit, uh, you know, suspect on his 80 81st percentile barrel rate. So he he's the one that I might have a, a little bit of skepticism on there. Uh, but overall, yeah, I think it's, it's a good, good list of, of bylaws there. I don't know if you got anything to add on, on that, Steve, or, or if we can jump to the second grouping here.
1: No, I, I think it's, I think it's good targets. Like these guys, like we said, are, they're doing everything right. Um, there should be better results. Uh, than, than what they're what they're what they've had so far.
2: Yep, and the second batch again, a uh, little bit less rostered, but the the Ryans are interesting at the bottom there with Trent Grisham, mm. Tristan Casas, Ryan Noda, and Ryan O'Hearn. Uh, one thing to call out is is Ryan Noda. We've talked about him as kind of a points league specialist. He is fourth in the majors right now in walks. So you know when you add that to the the past month when he's hitting two eighty seven with an eight ninety-four OPS. Uh, I, I know it's your boy Steve and good call on your part I've got him on a few NFBC teams but uh, yeah like like Noda of this bunch but I'm curious what your thoughts are
1: yeah he, he's he's you know we we've sort of known the the on-base skills basically the whole year now but the the homers seem to be coming four of his seven homers in the last month and like uh, you know a reason why I liked him is he showed that power in the minors especially last year he hit 30 or close to 30 home runs in the minors last year. So um, it's it's definitely in there. He's got some pop in his bat and it's finally coming through. So if he's able to, you know, keep the batting average around 240, the OBP is going to be around 400. Um, pretty easy to get to like a, 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 a good OPS with, with the pop that he has in that bat. So um, 894 OPS over the last uh, last month, which is really, really good.
2: I, I like Ryan Noto a lot. Yeah, it's a good one. And O'Hearn is is maybe more of a stream with the platoon thing, but he is on sure. fire. It's worth noting. So I, I think we had some excitement with O'Hearn when he was on the Royals, if you forgot. And if you did forget, don't forget on the Immaculate Grid that Ryan O'Hearn works for your Orioles uh, uh, I slash love it. I love Royals it. I that one player. comes up. Yeah, yeah. Up. Uh, okay, we got our next one looking at hard hit strikeout rate and chase rate. But we are going to take our second ad break, and we'll be right back. Okay, so Steve, talk us through uh, the parameters on this one, and then we'll get into the laundry list again.
1: After doing that mad scientist one, I wanted to kind of dumb it down and just be like, okay, who's hitting the ball hard, not striking out, and like also not chasing, I guess. Uh, um, I don't know, maybe not striking out and chasing are kind of – Similar. overlapping and a bit the same, but, you know, you, you still could be chasing and not striking out, or ch- striking out and not chasing. Uh, it's two good skills, I think, and it kind of pairs together, and it did lead to another good list by by what we can see of the names. and Kyle Tucker, Brandon Nimmel, Torque again, um, Andrew McCutcheon, William Contreras, uh, the good Contreras, uh, <laughs> not Wilson, who's Absolutely killing me from my man. home league team. Um Seiya Suzuki, Brett Beatty again, Tommy Pham, Michael Garcia again, Victor Caratini, which is a funny name, uh, and then Ryan O'Hearn again. So these guys are yeah, you know, I took lo- took launch angle out of it, took took um, you know, direct pull direction, just who's hitting the ball hard and who has good plate discipline, essentially. Yeah, and um, this to me is kind it's of a a- lift.
2: This is kind of the Yandi Diaz category because mm-hmm. we're seeing it this year. I know he's slowed down to some extent, uh, but for guys that do hit the ball, even if it's on the ground a little bit, hit the ball hard and have good plate discipline, it doesn't take that much to turn into a really, really valuable fantasy player. Um, and some of these guys already are, like you mentioned. I, I, you know, you look at Tucker, you look at Nimmo uh, going through the list. I mean, Seiya Suzuki is somebody that we've liked all season. Um, but then, yeah, there's some other guys. I know Tommy Pham has been really hot as of late. Uh, and O'Hearn and Michael Garcia coming up on, on multiple lists, Torkelson on multiple lists. I guess looking at the first batch, Steve, Tucker, Nimmo, Torkelson, McCutcheon. Uh, what do we think here? Tucker has kind of quietly been solid, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the nine homers, 11 steals. It feels like out of the first two rounds, he might be the player that's talked about the least. And he's also a guy that constantly shows up with promising stats under the hood. But, you know, it was my write-up for the bold predictions where I predicted Tucker would be the number one overall player. But it seems like you can almost make that argument every season. And it just he's never really turning that corner. Do you think he's a really good buy low candidate? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on Tucker? Because I feel like it's not he hasn't been like a world beater. So I, I don't know that he's on like a do not trade list for any manager.
1: I do think he is a a great buy low candidate. I think that Tucker is going to finish as a top round player and in order to do so there is going to need to be um a month or two where he you know makes up some of this this stat line, right? It's not like what he's pacing probably for what right now like a 25 30 season. Um yeah, which you know isn't far off from his 30-30 that he, he did last year, right? Um, so uh, I, I I think it's I think it's a good buy, and he's doing everything right. Like his stack-ass page and this process is is really good. Um, and not to digress, but right on cue, uh, Spencer Torkuson two RBI double. Um, oh so boy. there you go. Oh boy, uh, continues his his good hitting uh, for now, but. Uh, there there's going to be a seven homer month for tucker right like mm-hmm. and, you know the speed's there um maybe he's not close to that 290 hitter to 300 hitter where he was in 2021 um but that's okay if he's hitting 275 280 with 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 this power and speed like you're going to take that
2: yeah and with alvarez out he's he's been moved up a little bit in that order batting cleanup i know it's been kind of a pain point in the past where he's hitting like sixth in the order. Um, But yeah, I I agree. I think, you know, you could probably get Tucker for like 90 cents on the dollar. His pace for what it's worth is 21 homers, 26 steals. So it's even lower than that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I I do agree that there's going to be a surge here. And he's been a second half player in the past. There's been some years where it's like slow in the, the first half. And then he, you know, we're in the off season talking about how he was the number two hitter in the second half of the season, I would not be surprised at all. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, we've talked about Torkelson plenty. I think it, it really is a, a just a, if you need that roster spot of like a util or a corner, you know, at this point I, I would just roll the dice with Torkelson, especially hearing what you just said on that update. But yeah, now in, in the, the past week, he's got a thousand OPS. Um, that's going to be even higher after tonight. Um, and yeah, it's you know, he he strikes out a little bit, but he also walks quite a bit too. So I think he's, he's good in points leagues as well. Um, how about McCutcheon, William Contreras, Saya Suzuki? When you look at these three, I mean, it's been a, a minute since we looked at McCutcheon as like, whoa, is he having an all star season? And it, he's quieted down, but even in the past month, it's still been really solid with a 293 average at 806 OPS, a couple homers, three steals. Uh, you know, what are you making of McCutcheon? Because he's a guy that's probably available in some 12-team leagues, but um, yeah, 39% rostered. Are, are you viewing this as a buy here, Steve? I think that he is
1: a solid fantasy contributor. Like, how is 15 or 16 homers for steals and an 8-16 OPS not rosterable? Like, I think he's a... Maybe because maybe outfield is so deep, but, I mean, that's that's pretty good. And the process is there. Like, the, what, how far off from, from the... So if Tucker was pacing for 22-26, right? McCutcheon's pacing yeah. for 22-18? 20, 20, yeah, yeah, right. Right? Uh, like, let's see.
2: Yeah, 22-16. Tw- yeah, no, that's it's not. That's not bad.
1: That's not bad. So... Uh, I think that Kutch should be rostered in a lot more leagues than he should. Um, Contreras, Saez Suzuki, um, guys that I have seen hit wires, and I don't think they should be there. Although Suzuki was dropped in my league and went for a decent-sized bid. I kind of wish I, I bid more. I was a little bit scared off by the injury news that he was like, there's a question around his status. But his process has been pretty good for two years now, and it sort of paid off at the end of last year. They built up some hype after... You know, he got off to a really good start last year, got hurt, came back, took a while to get, get back going. Uh, I, I think that all of those guys uh, are, are, are worth your time and should be on more rosters than they currently are.
2: Yeah, Suzuki's available in my home league too. He's
1: 60, 66%
2: rostered, but he's being dropped. He's still hitting third in that lineup. Uh, in the past week, is, he's got a 1344 OPS It's the home run output that's been a little bit low, but his barrel rate is where it's been in the past, actually a little bit better. I'm really curious on his homer to fly ball rate, if we can sit tight. Uh, Yeah, so it's 13% uh, this year, which I guess is somewhat in line with where it's been in the past. Uh, Just kind of a head scratcher, honestly, why he's not hitting more home runs with, you know, when you look at the numbers and he's, all right, I guess the barrel rate's down just a little bit, but the launch angle is actually up. So I think when you look at the hard hits, bumped up 10% from last season, and the launch angle is up, yeah, I I don't think that this is something that's going to last, where he's got a low barrel rate and he's on pace for 15 homers. So you still get the 280 batting average. He's another guy that his OBP typically lives like 100 points above his average. So yeah, I think Say Suzuki at age 28 needs to be Rostered pretty much everywhere, um, okay. And the last group, I know we talked about Beatty, Tommy Fam. We talked about Michael Garcia and Ryan O'Hearn, Victor Caratini. Anything of note for, for this group,
1: Steve? Um, no, just that Michael Garcia probably should have more of my attention than he than he does have, um, especially there, with the speed. There looks to be a, there looks to be a good hitter um, with speed in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree.
2: It's a good one, and the multi-position eligibility there. So I agree. Again, that that list there for the hard hit, uh, over 45%, strikeout rate and chase rate under 25%. It's Kyle Tucker, Brandon Nimmo, Spencer Torkelson, Andrew McCutcheon, William Contreras, Saya Suzuki, Brett Beatty, Tommy Pham, Michael Garcia, Victor Caratini, and Ryan O'Hearn. It moves us, Steve, to our our last one that I pulled, kind of went off the spreadsheet a little bit, but talking again about the, the barrel rate and blast rate, just because I, I think it's it's so easy for us to kind of get complacent in checking barrel rate. And it's definitely a great yeah. indicator, a great metric. I mean, no one argues with that. But what Alex Chamberlain did with his research was, if you guys haven't checked it out, go, go read his original article from a, a couple of years back. Or
1: listen to the podcast where he came on and explained it to us, right? Uh, I think – he came on to talk or, about vertical uh, yeah. uh, approach sorry. Where, we, where we explain it, yes. Yeah,
2: yes, we, yes. we broke down his article. It was yeah. one of our first few episodes, but it's a good one. Uh, and again, that blast rate just... I think it's something like four barrels equal a home run, crunching the numbers, but like 1.4 blasts equals a home run. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, whatever the math is there, three times more likely to be a home run if it's a blast than a barrel. So all that to say... For guys who have a high barrel rate and a low blast rate, you might want to think twice. And on the more positive note, if somebody has a a lower barrel rate than you'd be really excited about, but their blast rate is way up there or it's a big percentage of their barrel rate, then that's somebody who's really more or less getting the most out of their barrels. Uh, So this list is a barrel rate under 13%, but a blast rate over 7%. So more than half of their barrels are blasts. Uh, and for this list, we have Yandi Diaz, Josh Lo, Josh Young, and Juan Soto. And for this one, Diaz jumps out right away because his barrel rate is just 9.6%. Uh, so somebody that you'd look at and be like, oh, if he could barrel the ball a little bit more. But the blast rate is 7.3%. So, yeah, I mean, 80% of his barrels are blasts. And it kind of makes sense because I would basically bet that that's launch angle related because Diaz is kind of that classic line drive homer type of guy, which is much better than the ground ball hitter he used to be. But that blast rate is 26th in the majors and a 9.6 barrel rate is nowhere close to like the top 50. So mm-hmm. uh, Yandi Diaz right away was the one on this list that had the most jarring numbers, if you will. But uh, Josh Lowe, an 11.9% barrel and an 8.4% blast rate, Josh Young a 12.2 percent barrel a seven point I'm sorry 12.2 percent barrel 7.2 percent blast rate and then Soto who again is, is kind of having the resurgence a 12.9 percent barrel rate and a 7.1 percent blast rate so a shorter list but of this bunch Steve uh, what jumps out at you anything actionable
1: from this group of names here um I wish they would give Josh Lowe more than the 17 at-bats he's had versus lefties this year. Um, Like, he still is a fantasy stud and, like, an all-star. And and he literally only faces righties. I know that's what the Rays do, but um, come on. Like, this guy is really good. Let him at least try. Um, Josh Young, I think, is a guy who probably was a little bit more gettable after he had a little bit of a downswing um, after his super hot April but I, I think he's doing a lot of good things like I'm surprised he didn't show up on any of those lists. let's say you know my mad scientist formulas probably just cut off a few yeah uh, I think those, he strikes those, out those strikes out like, a little bit too much probably. uh yeah that's what I thought too but it's like just the 26% of the time now which is really really intriguing for for young because that was kind of um, the knock on him he was striking out a bunch after that super hot start but He's definitely pared him down. He's at just 26.1% of the time. Um, it, you know, doesn't walk too much, but, I mean, like a 76.5% contact rate for a guy that hits the ball as hard as he does and barrels at 12% of the time. Like, I, I, I like Josh Young a lot. and think that if there's any buying opportunity in Dynasty or if someone wants to sell high mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I know it's hard because the Rangers are, are more real now than they they seemed in in april uh, but this looks to be like the prospect that we were super super excited about before he got hurt um there might last, be a window Steve,
2: because he's just yeah. got in the past couple weeks a 683 ops and just yeah, one maybe, homer maybe, maybe so they is. might be yeah. thinking that it, that it's cooling off here but yeah in, in that lineup and batting fifth in that lineup is like batting cleanup in any other lineup so mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I really like that call as well That said, he's obviously had a fantastic season. So it would take a little bit to get a guy who's, you know, hitting 283 with 13 homers so far. Um, But yeah, I I, I like that one as well. And yeah, Josh Lowe, holy smokes, man. Talk about, uh, you know, pace that that people are on. I mean, he's, Mm -hmm. what, 11 homers? uh, So he's on at 26. Homer pace, and I'm only he's, getting two thirds of the at bats. And I think does he have 18 steals or 16? It's something way up there. 14. Uh, like uh, good radio Homer. here. Yeah, so Josh Lowe is at 16 steals. So that wow, the 16 steals, 38 uh, steals is his pace for the full season. But unfortunately, he's not going to play all those games. So yeah, you got to pull that down a little bit. But holy cow, like 25-30 season incoming for, for Josh Lowe. So, yeah. And then Yandi, I mean, I guess one thing you could say about Yandi is, like, there is some frustration with the playing time because he's had some, like, I don't think he's had a single IL stint, but he's definitely missed 10 games from just, like, like, you know, a soreness and things like that. And he's slowed down a little bit. Um, you know, in the, in the past couple of weeks, he doesn't have a homer. In the past month, he only has two homers. So the, the pop has has quieted a bit, but I think that this is still very much a breakout that at the end of the season, we'll be talking about Yandy Diaz. So probably a nice buying opportunity for Diaz low and Josh Young uh, for this list. But uh, yeah, I mean that, that rounds us out. If you guys are curious, the other on the negative side of that barrel and blast rate, the, the list just to rattle through it. Uh, so Adal- guys
1: that are getting like the least out of their barrels, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Least out of their barrels. Adelise Garcia was, by far the highest one with 15.4% barrel rate, 15th in the league. Uh, but j- the blast rate was just 6%. So you can see, again, like you look at Yandy Diaz next to that. Yandy's got a higher blast rate, but his barrel rate's almost cut in half of what Adelise Garcia has. Uh, Brian Reynolds is another stark one there with a 14% barrel rate and just a 4.2% blast rate. Um, so, yeah, it's, just, it's an indicator for... If somebody's Statcast cast page is like lit up red but you're not seeing the production, that mm-hmm. might be a reason why, because they're they, they might be having warning track power or you know they might be smoking it, but it's just a little bit too high in the air or a little bit too much of a line drive. Vlad was another one, 13.7% barrel rate, uh just a 5.7% blast rate. And then Carlos Correa, who certainly has looked a better hitter in the past week or so. 13.3% barrel rate, a 5.7% blast rate. Uh, so that was the list of people who kind of had the, the negative angle of barrels and blasts.
1: Yeah. I think this is good because a quick exercise that I like to do, I think we've even talked about it on the show and I know other people do before. It's like people look at like raw number of, of barrels, right. And see, you know, like there was a point where like Christopher Morell had like 11 barrels and 11 homers or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see, like, you know, Brian Reynolds has 30 barrels and six home runs. Um, a good way to put that in context is to look at look at blast rate. I'm sure um, when Morrell was on that heater, his blast rate was super, super high, which let made sure that all of those barrels or homers were, uh, you know, guys like Vlad, like we, talk, we were talking in the Discord today, he had a barrel at, like, nine degrees because he just hit the ball so hard that it was still classified as a barrel. But like that definitely wasn't classified as a blast because it doesn't refine the launch angle like, like blasts do. So um that's a good tool. I think it's, it's like, Hey, this guy has a really good barrel rate. Why aren't the, uh, why aren't the metrics? Why aren't the, the surface numbers reflecting that? Um Maybe he isn't squaring up his squared up balls. So if that makes any sense. Yeah, for
2: sure. Uh, so Steve, looking through the full rundown of names, cause we probably hit on well over 20, uh, top takeaways. I mean, for me, I think Torkelson having talked about him a couple times feel, feels like a big one there. Curious as, as you scan the names, what you're kind of keeping in your back pocket for, for managing your teams in the next week or so.
1: Yeah. Torkelson's a, a good one. I, I think, uh, Suarez is too, um, I think Muncie's a, a decent buy low candidate. Um, same with same with um, Tucker if you, if you could get him. Um, I'm glad Ryan Noda has shown up on here. And, oh yeah. And then there's some guys that I think like should be rostered, like like McCutcheon, Saya Suzuki, Michael Garcia, uh, yeah, Brett Beatty, Michael Garcia, yeah. Like uh, I, I think a few of these guys may just need a bit more leeway and and some run here. So. Um. Yeah, there's there's definitely some interesting names, in this this was a fun a fun process.
2: Gotta love it. And and back to the basics on immaculate grid. I gotta ask, how's it been going, man? Have you had a nine yet? Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had. I've. I've had a nine. I've had a. I've had a few nines. I've done. Oh boy. Pretty. Pretty good with them. I, I have some decent knowledge of some random baseball players, like uh, my. I know Dodgers. And Royals was one that's today. That's what
2: that's what nicked me up today. Did you get
1: Scott Petsednik? or no? I got Mark Gruzelonic. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a which deep was, one. Which is a fun, which is a fun name. Like I refused to use Grinky because that was like a he worked in like three squares today. So I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not taking the easy, easy way out. I'm not going to use Grinky in any of these. Yeah, squares. you can, you can only use a player yeah. once as well. Yeah, you can so only use them like, once I've, I've gotten hit up. Maybe, on that. maybe for this show, I should have only used one metric each time for our matching to to stick to the true immaculate grid inspired episode but hey it sounds uh, stressful man it, it, come on I'm it was,
2: just, it was the, just a, i'm coming was off the coyote process. chase yeah. yeah yeah that's added stress
1: for me i yeah. can't do it uh so um,
2: that that rounds how are you, you guys. i, I, I know we haven't
1: talked about this offline but i know we have a few minutes here but how is uh how's your raz slam team doing are you still uh hanging in there and first nearly uh unfortunately
2: it's starting to scale down a little bit oh, i think no. last i checked i was 13th in the overall and second okay. second in my league and i was like That's oh wow not good so luck. two
1: in the top 13 oh here we go here. okay so
2: i'm back to first in my league but i'm 19th in the overall so yeah i don't know if my WAF merchandise is, is heading my way but
1: huh.
2: you know we'll, we'll see we'll, there's still some some games to be played so yeah. yeah, I'm Absolutely. in purgatory everywhere else except our, our shared NFBC best ball. Yeah, we're,
1: we're, we're in fourth. We're in fourth. We're, we're hanging in there. Yeah, not uh, bad. I, I've made a, a decent run. Ratslam, I'm seventh, which is like close to the middle of the league. Uh, on the wire, listener league, I'm between like fifth and seventh each day. Um, TGFBI, 11th. I'm, I'm shot in the league. I want to just finish respectable in like the middle of the pack, but I, I just checked now. I, I am in first in, in turf in that in the Ooh, the world fantasy league. Twenty seventh overall. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, um, first get, time in first in, in, in that league this year, which which is nice. Did you get
2: any uh, Luis Matos shares, Steve? I, I was um, I was happy with the grab that I, I I scooped him up in my league, and I'm I'm pretty excited here with the plate discipline. And the, I did not,
1: the but I have the hammer. I believe in turf. Um, and I would have spent it all on Ellie, but he was already rostered. He must have been drafted in our league and dropped and then stashed. Mm-hmm. So um, I do have the hammer uh, in in, in, the, in that league. Uh, let me just double check. Yeah, Matos. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, so,
2: I'm interested. I was really encouraged to see if he hit second in the uh, order. I
1: have the second most, most fab. I have 721 to um, uh, 767. So. Um, lean on him a little def- bit yeah 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 have some, some ability like you know it, it's nice having the hammer because like I could I could be more aggressive on like where I would normally been like $5 like, you know I, I don't care bidding 15 and you know instead of covering by 2 or 3 covering by 10 like I don't really care like at this and especially yeah. at this point in the year right like most of the call ups have already happened so i don't mind spending a little extra on like those secondary bids now which is you know i usually do go after and like this is by far the most fab i have in any of my leagues um but um it's it's a a different and kind of more comforting strategy right like i could bid on you know, I could be more sure of these guys. You know, there's not like, oh, why didn't I bid two more dollars on that guy? Like, for sure. I just yeah. do it. Coming know? hot. It's like the chip leader in a poker game. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I respect
2: exactly. it. Exactly. Love it. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Give us any feedback. You guys can reach out whenever with show topics. We're on Twitter at Pod. I'm at van underscore verified, and Steve is at stav8818. If you guys could give us a rating and review, it would be huge. And and as always, you can email the show, winsabovefantasy at gmail.com. But we we should be back next Thursday. This was just kind of a weird programming week with the Friday show. Uh, But that rounds us out for episode 104. Thank you, guys, as always, for talking baseball
1: with us. Thanks, guys. Later.